0: A little hidden history, a little pedagogy, a lot of ways we can improve our teaching and mindset so that our history and social studies classrooms tell a more complete, diverse human story. I'm Ann Amendola, and this is the Teaching History Her Way podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Teaching History Her Way podcast. My name is Cheryl Ann Amendola. I am your host. If you are a new listener, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, I'm really, really glad that you're back. Today, I have Lee Charmatt with me. And she and I met at the, virtually, at the New York Historical Society's Women and the American Story Teacher Ambassador Program. If you've never used the Women and the American Story Resources on New York Historical's website. Lee and I are going to talk to you about them today. I've talked to them about them a whole bunch on the podcast because I love them. Um, so I really hope that you enjoy today's program because we'll be talking not only about those resources, but also about women in the civil war, which is something that I don't get to study very often, but I think is incredibly interesting and useful in my classroom and hopefully yours. Lee is a high school librarian in South Brooklyn, policy debate coach since 2003, softball umpire and member of the Cherry Grove Archives Committee out on Fire Island. Lee, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Good morning. So Lee, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into the nitty gritty of Civil War women?
1: Okay. Um, I'm a high school uh, librarian here at Leon Goldstein. I've been a librarian, I think almost, I'm thinking about this, I don't know, 12 years, maybe even 15. I started teaching in 97. Um, I taught drama and uh, and theater literature. Uh, I've got about four and a half more years to go before I retire, and then I don't know what the heck I'm going to (laughs) do. I'll probably go go umpire games in Florida, Um, and uh, the policy debate I've been doing since 2003, so that's pretty intensive. Uh, I'm also one of the facilitators for the um, LGBTQ club here. Uh, I've got, you know, the trans, uh, the LGBTQ flag. Uh, If you're gay, you end up in the library here. It seems to happen. (laughs) I attract them. I wonder why. Um, And I think that's uh, pretty much it in terms of, you know, I read historical fiction and graphic novels and I went to Queens College for my library degree.
0: I love librarians, particularly, I I mean, I love our librarians here at school and the librarians in town, but particularly during the pandemic, when you couldn't even go into a library and you were trying to research, librarians were my heroes. It was like, you make a phone call and they found all the things and scanned them. I mean, librarians are very incredible
1: folks. That was brutal. Being a virtual librarian is, was difficult for me. I'm very social. I, I consider this library a party space with books. so. <laughs> Yeah, that was Sounds like
0: a library I would go to, also. So that sounds great. Yeah. (laughs) We're lucky. So, Lee, from the before Lee came on uh, to the podcast, she sent me a slideshow of one of the programs that she did for Women and the American Story about Civil War. Women and I got to read it beforehand. And one of the things that I learned from her is that there were over 400 women who fought in the Civil War. I had no idea that there were that many. I've known a couple through my reading, um, but 400 is quite a lot. So, Lee, what are some of the things that you found out about that they accomplished?
1: Um, I actually didn't know women served in the Civil War uh, at all um, until. The women in the American Story Project, uh, and they—I mean, I'm just going to back it up for a minute because uh, since I had no clue, I was really, you know, quite surprised by this. Um, but all right, I'll move forward and say that 30% of the women um, were, were Confederate uh, soldiers. Um, 11% of them died of disease in battle, which is not surprising. Uh, 18% were captured by the enemy, but they were always let go. But the trick was they always ended up joining their troop again because they, they, they didn't take away their uniform. (laughs) So (laughs) they would be, they would be put in jail, let go because they were women, but they still had their uniform. So they put their uniform back on and rejoin their, rejoin the army. 14% were promoted. Wow. Yep. 14% were promoted. 16 months of service average length. And actually, let's see, six soldiers are known to serve while pregnant. Whoa. One of them actually gave birth while serving. Now, I I really, I don't know how that worked. I mean, clearly, when you went for your medical to join the army, they weren't looking too carefully. So, (laughs) you, you know, if you had two feet and two hands and, you know, you were above five feet tall, they let you in um but you know they found a lot of these uh women also dead in the battlefield with their feet sticking up out of the ground so you know that's how they if those are the only one, if those are a majority of the ones that you find you know there are a lot more um also uh you know they fought hand to hand combat they weren't just drummer drummers you know what i mean yeah um so I mean, some of the women that we that have been identified, other than the major ones that I covered, um, you know, they, their identities were known. We have a Marianne Pittman, uh, Lieutenant Raleigh was her you know, her soldier name. Um, her identity was known. Um, and, and in some cases, the brass knew the identity and her fellow soldiers uh didn't. Or it could be the other way around. Um, (laughs) If if they were uncovered, if they were uncovered, it was because they were drinking with the boys. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, generally, if you didn't want to get discovered, you didn't drink or gamble with the guys and, you know, you went off to the woods to pee. You went over there. I always wonder, though, you know, if you're in a troop and you see another what you think might be a female soldier, you know, is it one of those, I know, you know, sorts of things. Do you kind of like look at each other from a crowded room and then stay as far away as possible. Right. So you don't get uncovered. I mean, that had to have happened. Um, The thing that I also uh, love about this, I mean, you know, a, a lot of these women dressed as men before they joined and continued dressing as men after they left.
0: I was gonna ask you uh, that question because I just wanted to be clear that many of the women that we're talking about, the ones that served at least, that served in combat could not have served as women. No, you
1: were cooking and cleaning and serving as a prostitute, a traveling prostitute or a spy uh, or, you know. um, But yeah, I mean, it's coverture, right? The whole, the whole thing is based on the fact that women had no rights, period. So if you wanted to make a better living, you had to dress as a man. And then when the Civil War came along, it gave women who were dressing as men in order to make a better living, because they had no rights whatsoever, it gave them an opportunity to get the hell out of Dodge, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and make some money and send it home. Um, before I... I forget I wanted to let you know that there are a few women who are known to have voted at that time. Really? Yeah. So obviously before uh, suffrage um, they dressed as men and they went in and voted for Lincoln. (laughs) So um, I think that's cool. And those women have, have been identified. You have Martha Parks Lindley voted as a man, Mary Smith. Uh, but you have to remember the only reason we know about these people is because they were literate or something got published about them. Right. Right. If you didn't know how to read or write and you couldn't um, you couldn't tell your story, then, you know, uh, nobody knew about you. So we, we have a few examples. Right. I have my little book collection now. Um, you have Sarah. Rosetta Wakeman, otherwise known as uh, Lyons. Um, and this is a first person accounting uh, letters home. Uh, an uncommon, pardon me, an uncommon soldier. The Civil War letters of Sarah Rosetta Wakeman alias Private Lyons Wakeman, 153rd Regiment, New York State Volunteers is from 1862 to 1864. And these are all the letters home wow so and she died of dysentery um but she was never going home you know what i mean she is she was so thrilled and found her independence and was so proud that she's like she would have never gone home back to what her family was abusive she had no rights she would have just you know gone west i suppose um She's also on a poster we have in the hallway, an LGBTQ poster
0: for the military.
1: And, and it's funny, that poster, I put that poster up <laughs> and I put it up a bunch of years ago and I never realized she was she, right? Yeah. Um, and there's nothing in this, you know, there's a saying, just because we don't know doesn't mean it's not so. Right. Um, but there's nothing in this book that would indicate that she was gay or trans.
0: Right. So
1: uh, there has to be something somewhere else that I missed. Or we make the assumption that because she looks butch, as a soldier, she has to be trans or gay. So I don't know the answer. I I suppose whoever's listening to this, if you have the answer, let me know. Because then I can include it, you know, to be fair.
0: I was going to ask you that earlier when you had said that many of the women who were dressing as men to fight were dressing as men before they um, before they joined right. the army. So is there any documentation that you found about LGBTQ women in the Civil War? Is there anything that you came across where someone was in fact trans or was in fact gay?
1: Well, we have two examples. Um, one is... Albert Cashier, the story of Albert DJ Cashier. Um, there's a children's book out on that. It's really very pretty. The fighting infantry man. Um, dressed before, came from Ireland with, with their father, um, dressed as a man or a boy first, then a man. So it was in essence in male clothing a majority of, of his life. Uh, there is Never got married. No documentation as to children. Uh, they weren't literate, um, and they got they something. They got ill. They had an injury and had to go to the hospital long after the Civil War. And they were discovered to be female. And at some point, Albert got uh, dementia, and the the hospital forced him to wear female clothes and his his civil war uh compatriots actually came to his rescue and he he is buried in uniform as a man um in a uh i forget where i'd have to look it up but um as uh, a soldier
0: thank so, goodness for for his army friends
1: yeah his army friends came to his rescue um, so you know, I mean, I have these pictures, and you know, it really, I feel he's not literate, so there's no way he can tell us. Right. Um however, there's the intro, and so I mean I kind of feel like he was trans. Um we have a Loretta Janetta Velasquez, aka Lieutenant Buford. Uh she was a soldier for the Confederate Army. She's hilarious. This book is one of the funniest fun books I've ever read. The Woman uh, woman in Battle, uh, First Person, A Narrative of the Exploits, Adventures, and Travels of Madame Loretta Gennetta Velasquez, right? So she was was married a couple of times. Uh, Her children, she had a couple of children. They died. But she also wanted freedom. Um, you know, and just because uh, she was hilarious because she would dress as a man, she was a lieutenant because she called herself a lieutenant. (laughs) That was it, you know, Um, and she would go and offer her services uh, to to different generals and get basically, you know, yeah, sure. Come fight with us for a while. Um, She was almost caught a few times. She would hide her uniform in a barrel. Then she would dress as a woman for a while and be a spy. And then she would almost get caught and then get back into uniform and go fight again. Um, But she's a real self-promoter. And dressed as a man, as Lieutenant Buford, uh, the girls would chase her down the street. They wanted her as a man, right, to marry them. She would go to dinner at their parents. Oh, my gosh. They were all over her. Um, And she loved it. She loved it. Uh, there's this quote though, um, as a young woman, um, I was especially haunted with the idea of being a man. And the more I thought upon the subject, the more I was disposed to murmur at Providence for having created me a woman. While residing with my aunt, it is frequent. it was frequently my habit. After all in the house had retired at night, dress myself in my cousin's clothes, and to promenade by the hour before the mirror, practicing the gait of a man and admiring the figure I made in masculine raiment. Wow. It's visual.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and you can also get a really good feel for her feelings. I mean, murmuring at Providence for making her a woman.
1: Wow. Yes. And this is as a very young woman, she wrote this. Um, And, you know, she ran off at 16, married a man who was killed in battle. Uh, But she was very coquettish, you know, and very manipulative um, as a young woman. And then when she was dressed as a man and courting women and the women were chasing her down the street, she had she said, wow, you know, they're very manipulative. They really have no pride. They shouldn't be doing this, but they were doing exactly what she was doing when she was sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, this is a this is a great read. Uh, I have to say, you know, a lot of women followed their husbands into battle like right. when the, dressed as men, and um, and when the husbands were killed, they kept they stayed. I mean, what were they going to go back to, you
0: know? Yeah. So that also leads me to ask the question as a, I can see the motivation for people like Velasquez uh, and Casher and, and Wakeman, because it seems like they enjoyed being men and mm-hmm. especially from uh, Velasquez's quote about the idea of, of asking God, like, why am I even a woman? I can see that motivation for joining the army because at the time it was a very masculine thing to do. Also made
1: money. What's that? You made money.
0: Yeah. Um, and was that the motivation for women who were married to join up as well, to go with their husbands? Would, would they be paid also?
1: Yeah, because they were dressed as men. What did they nobody do? Knew that, nobody knew that they were married. They right. couldn't have done that.
0: And so, I am guessing children were either left behind or there weren't any.
1: Or there weren't any. Right. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of women left their husbands and their fathers because it was they were abusive. Right. You know, we have to remember women had zero rights.
0: So, so in, in, you called a local officer of the peace, or even if you told someone that you were being abused by your father or your husband or your aunt. No,
1: they own you. It's called coverture. They own you. And then after your husband dies, your children, the male child owns you.
0: Right. And you also can't go to court ever. Mm -hmm. Even if you're accused of a crime in in a lot of cases with coverture as well, it's up to your husband to, to discipline you.
1: Yeah. Yes. Um, You know, there is another person who I have here in front of me by the name of Frances Clayton. Um, She is on the cover. This is like the be all tell all book, right? This really covers uh, a lot. Um, This book is They Fought Like Demons, Women Soldiers in the Civil War. Um, And Frances Clayton is on the cover as a soldier. Uh, And I have also a picture of as a woman side by side, they would take photos of themselves um, as soldiers posing, right? Right. Um, She she followed her husband. He's the guy who got killed, (laughs) stepped over his body. Um, When everything was said and done, she tried to go for her pension. And the U.S. government said, no, well, you're a woman. You couldn't have fought in the Civil War. But they had records of her signing in to be a soldier in the Civil War. Right. So- her case. And there's a lot of those. There's proof through um, military records still today that women served as men. Um, So there was a newspaper article about how she pursued and finally won her pension. She also took her act on the road, did a speaking engagement and told the story of how she dressed as a woman, uh, dressed as a man to serve in the civil war. So she did a speaking speaking engagement. Um, so that was because, you know, there were records and there was the newspaper article. We also have um, another quote here from uh, a woman who went back to being a woman after serving. Mm-hmm. I am naturally fond of adventure, a little ambitious and a good deal romantic but patriotism was the true secret of my success.
0: Wow. That's yeah. a great. These I've never gotten to read too many primary sources about women in the Civil War. It's not Civil War is not part of my curriculum and when I was in graduate school, my main focus and my main area of study right now is colonial and revolutionary history. Like that's where my head has always been. So, there are a few examples of women who fought in the American revolution, women who dressed as men, but not nearly. No, not nearly. I have the book, Masquerade,
1: the Life and Times, but Deborah Sampson, a Continental Soldier.
0: I love that book.
1: That's where it started. <laughs> that's I where this that whole book. thing started, but they do, didn't know how to read or write. Right. And So that's how we find out, a- except for Albert Tashier, who ended up in the hospital. That's how that happened. Um, I got another quote here from Private Lions uh, or Lyons Wakeman. Um, I am an independent as a hog on ice. If it is God's will for me to fall in the field of battle, it is my will to go and never return home. And that is Private Lyons, the one who is an uncommon soldier, the letter's home. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we have some really really great quotes and you know a lot of these women were buried as soldiers civil war soldiers seeing if there's any. oh here it is women soldier in 95th um regiment albert cashier company g 95th illinois regiment um and they have a picture in this newspaper article uh, of albert as a young soldier and then as an old man there are also, by the way, black Civil War female soldiers. So, but this is this person, we don't have um a name or a story. There was a woman by the name of Maria Lewis, but we don't have a picture. Uh so but this is a side-by-side picture. I got this from, from the women and the American story, right? They have a lot of this information too. Um but it's her dressed up as a woman. And the picture right next to her is her dressed up as a civil war soldier. uh, And she was an escaped slave and she went to serve in the army. Um, And supposedly in the case of Maria Lewis, the brass uh, knew that she was a she and black and escaped, but other people thought she was just Spanish and they let her serve as a man
0: it's interesting how gender and race uh, there yeah um and they serve in major
1: major battles you know it's funny the um the last slide of my soul of my um presentation is a picture of mulan the story you know it keeps on repeating it's you know a uh, young girl in this in this case you know cross-dressing as a boy in order to serve because daddy won't let her
0: in my education about the Civil War until I got to graduate school I had never heard that women fought in any of these earlier earlier Wars um I mean up until right the first time I hear about women is World War II and even then they're not in the line of combat and right what, what's amazing to me is that for this entire conversation, I have been sitting here and I've been so excited and my face keeps leaning in towards the camera to like hear more. And I want to know more. And I'm just imagining what it would be like for a student, for a female student, for a gay student, for a trans student to hear these stories, because it's, it's about you and all of these heroic brave things that you've done, but also hearing about people in history who are feeling the same ways as you do. So in my case, it's the idea of independence and the idea of how freeing and wonderful it is to do something on my own. Like I did that. And someone right. well, that I couldn't.
1: I, um, when I was assigned civil, the civil war at whams, you know, I was like, Oh, geez. I mean, it wasn't, it, I was not a great student in high school. So if and when they were teaching it to me, I remember nothing and I didn't care. Um, But this particular uh, story within the story is what made me care. So I actually was able to learn a lot more about the Civil War than I knew because of women serving as Civil War soldiers. Right. It's a feminist perspective. It's a it's a gay, a lesbian, a trans perspective, which is what interests me. So it's the story within the story uh, that. And so you might get a student who, you know, really hates history or, you know, gets bored with civil war rebel and will have these stories to actually make it more interesting. Same thing with World War One and Two. You know, for me, I enjoy reading about, you know, Margaret Burke White and, you know, Uh, even though she wasn't gay, you know, but women and, and the um, gay and lesbian, you know, gay men and lesbians in World War II. I've got that book. So like, I have this whole collection because that's the interest I have in, in US history. Um, So I was hoping to get Stonewall, but I already know a lot about Stonewall. (laughs) So this really opened up my eyes. um, And I was, uh, I was uh, very thankful to have the opportunity from the New York Historical Society to be able to do this because I learned a lot. It was fun, I had a good time, and I teach it. I I have taught it uh, as a PD uh, a couple of times, and I've also taught it to. Uh, we have a history class here, and I've also taught it to the history class, right? Um, and I forget if I taught it anywhere else, but you know, I get real excited about it and. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So, that's...
0: and I think one of my favorite things to tell teachers about women's history, and I learned this through WAMs, mm-hmm. is that women's history can hit all of your standards. You're still teaching standards, but you're doing it from a different perspective. And that to me is thrilling.
1: Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is that the kid's perspective is, is that, you know, the roles that women played in civil war or pretty much any war is nurses, nurses and spies and prostitutes, you know, and it's so much more than that. Um, And so this, uh, this shows them that, you know, we're much more than just that. That's not to say being a nurse or something is bad. I'm just saying it ain't, it ain't all that, (laughs) you know? So if we could really expand, the curriculum to, to include women's history. You're right. It doesn't change anything. It just includes more people.
0: Lee, this was wonderful. And I really wish that I could just spend more time with you. I mean, I know I'm in New Jersey or you're in New York and I could like meet up with you whenever I feel like it, because I could talk to you about this all day. This was really a wonderful conversation. I learned a lot. Um, and it has me now wanting to go A little bit deeper into the area of history that I love so much, because there there has to be more than Deborah Sampson. We just don't know yet,
1: right? Just because we don't know doesn't mean it's not so.
0: (laughs) I think that's what I'm going to name this podcast episode because that's fantastic, and it's a great it's great to use with students. If you'd like to get in touch with Lee outside of this episode, send me an email: Cherylanne C H E R Y L A N N E at historyherway.com or you can find me on social media and I will put you in touch with her so that you can learn more. Audience if you'd like to get in touch with me besides by email you can find me on Twitter at historyherway or on Instagram at teachinghistoryherway or on my website at www.teachinghistoryherway.com. Please make sure that you check out the show notes from this week because I have the titles of all of the books that Lee recommended in the show notes for you. And also some of the names that she mentioned so that you can do some more research. Lee, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I had fun.
0: And audience, thank you for being with us for another episode of Teaching History Her Way podcast. I will see you next week.